Okay, guys, uh, before we start, we now have a sponsor for the Amud Yomi in the morning. Our sponsor is uh, sponsoring this year in memory of Chaya Sarah Bachmol and Mato Rivka. So we'll be learning in her memory for Mirza uh, Sham the duration. And uh, we'll try to remember to, re- to mention that every day. Okay, so if I forget, you guys can try to rem- remind me. Okay, we're on Dr. Ted Amabet. We got to the two dots on the top. What are they sponsoring? What does that mean? Okay. Um, so uh, we're at the two dots at the top. So we're talking about... Oh, just one point from yesterday. Um, someone asked me yesterday. Oh, I think it was Jeremy asked me yesterday. A good question. Which was, in the case of the uh, Arnevet, where we said he didn't want, didn't want to say the word Arnevet because that was uh, Talmai's wife's name. So uh, Jeremy asked, well, Arnevet's a Hebrew word. So I don't know why it didn't occur to me to answer him. So when they translate, it wouldn't be the same word. But I don't know why it didn't occur to me that the obvious answer is that it wasn't the word Arnevet. Her name was the Greek translation for Arnevet. But okay. Anyhow. Okay. That when they allowed, uh, even in Sifrei Torah, Nevim Tuvim, to write in the uh, foreign language, it's only Greek that you're allowed to. So, Amr Rabbi Yovel, Rabbi Yochanan, Halacha, Rabbi Shemagumlil. That, in fact, is a Halacha, says Rabbi Yochanan. Ve'am Rabbi Yochanan, my time at Rabbi Shemagumlil. What's the reasoning for Rabbi Shemagumlil? Amr Kra, the famous Pazog, Yaft Elohim, Le Yafet, Ve'ishkom Ba'olei Shem. God should Yaft here, even though it sounds like the word Yafet, we'll see that later on in a couple lines, but it really means expand. God should expand Yafet. Okay, which is one of the Noach's sons. He will dwell in the tents of shame. And we know that we uh, assume that we're descendants of shame. And the idea is that the matters or words of Yafet will be in the tents of shame. Meaning in the Beit Midrash. Gemara says, Gomer I would say that maybe Gomer or Magog, maybe those other nations that also come from, from there should also be uh, included. The Gemara says, "No, Amram Chiyabar Abba, high new time of Dichtiv Yaft Elokim LeYafet." This is the reason because it says Yaft Elokim LeYafet, which means or implies Yaft Yuto Shal Yafet Yabel Yehebol Eishem. The beauty of Yafet will be in all Eishem, and apparently the reference here is that the language, the Greek language, is considered to be so beautiful that that is something that is worthy of being even in all Eishem, even in our Beit Midrash, well, even to the extent that you can write a sefer Torah with it. What does it mean? I don't understand why they're bringing the pasuk. Why is it doing it? Oh yeah, Yafet is a reference to Yavan. Okay, Yafet is is, is, a, is a reference to the descendants of Yafet. Yavan is one of the de- descendants of Yafet. So the idea is that a Greek would be worthy of being, uh, or we want to have Greek, you know, even in the in, even in the Ohalei. What's that? So what we're saying is like we're like they're So we're saying that, that that's why you're allowed to write a Sefer Torah in Greek because this pasuk implies that you're allowed to include them. Mongolians are from. Somewhere, not somewhere else, they're probably, like, the, someone's, everyone's either from, like, Shem Kamiyah, you know? Right, so that's what, again, right, so what the Gemara is saying is that, you t- that's what the Komar Magog question is, so why not another, another group or another language that comes from Yefet? They said, because it's Yafyuto Shal Yefet, I mean, Greek, it's like the language of Greek is like, you know, certainly at their time, right, it's like this beautiful language, it's, you know, it's like this really uh, represents this uh, cultural uh, heritage, so that's something that we can include. Uh, or a good number do probably. Well, what happens, like, it's a culture that we're intimately familiar with what at the time. Wait, wait, I, I can't hear it. Like you have letters that are longer, shorter, or like dots in the Torah, like the actual written Torah. Like how would that change if you were in Greek? Uh, that's a good question. I don't really know. I don't know the answer. I mean, 
I think I think that I don't think if you start, so I mean it's, it seems like a weird idea to us. So we're not we never have really seen like a Torah written in Greek. But the idea would be that yeah, you write it in Greek. Like look, when you when you write in Hebrew, so we say oh, but there's no nikudot and there's all these things that like doesn't. Okay, if you read a Hebrew uh, a Hebrew novel, there's also no nikudot in the Hebrew novel. So maybe it'd be nice to have a period every once in a while in the Chumash, you know. But okay, so that, they didn't they didn't maybe have that. Like I don't think that that was punctuation in that sense wasn't something that was uh, really common. I don't believe at that time. So it wasn't like it wasn't like the, the, the I, I don't think you see in the Gemara where they're like, hmm, why don't we have commas and periods and question marks in the Chumash or in the Torah? Excuse me, because there's no question because they didn't have they didn't write those they didn't use those punctuation. I think that was a later I think you look it up. I think that was a later innovation. So like, it doesn't you know. Well, there are like some letters and stuff. Something's a little bit different, yeah. There's some, you know, with the vav and out of vav, but you know, those are uh, relatively minor, uh, minor issues. Yeah. This wouldn't be a kosher, right? It would just be like. No, kosher. I think it's saying, yeah. Is this like, is there like a derivative that you can't do this now, or can you? Still I think the argument is not to do it, but that's what it says. You can literally write a Greek Torah and read from it. But this, but this Torah would have kedusha, like you couldn't. I think so. Yeah, so yeah, I think, I think, I think so. Unless I'm mistaken, I don't know, but I think I think so. That Greek sucks. Okay. No, it only Greece. It's a complicated relationship in Greek. Greece. It's a complicated relationship. Some things we really do like. Some things we don't. Okay. The Mishnah, new, a couple of new Mishnah out today. The Mishnah says as follows, continuing the same sequence. The only difference between a Kohen who is Mashuach B'Shem and Mishnah, who's been anointed with the anointing oil, which at, at, at sometime towards the end of the first Beit HaMikdash, no longer had, but this is the Kohen Gadol, okay, he had to be anointed. The Merubeb Gadim. Merubeb Gadim means he has um, extra clothes. The normal Kohen has how many garments? Four garments. A Kohen Gadol has eight garments. <laughs> Not bad, not bad guess though, not bad guess, okay? Eight garments. Um, those of you who are familiar with maybe more Kabbalistic mystical teachings, the number eight obviously has significance, right, in Kabbalah, so I'm sure they jump all over that. Um, okay, so, okay, I don't know much about it, but I'm sure someone else does. Um, now, the, the point is that both of these things, the Merubah Gadim is exactly the same as the Kohen Gadol, but it was just that the situation is that he didn't actually get a Shabbat HaMishchah because he lived in a different time period. So what would the difference be? The only difference is Par Haba Akol HaMitzvot. Rashi explains what does that mean. Um, that Kohen Mashiach Shehoreh Heter B'davar Shezdono Karet V'asak Horato Mevi Par that the Kohen Mashiach who taught who was Paskin Dashayla and said that something is permissible in a matter which if you violated B'mezid on purpose you would get the, you would get a punishment of Karet and he actually not just Paskin that would be actually acted that way he brings a special type of Korban okay which is called Par Haba Kol HaMitzvot okay only the Kohen, who is Mashiach Pashav and Habishcha, would bring that type of korban. And by Cheney times, the Meru Gadim would not bring that type of korban. Continuing the mission, the mission says, The difference between a Kohen who is Mishamesh, a Kohen who is Mishamesh means a Kohen who is currently serving as the, as the Kohen, as opposed to a Kohen Sha'avar means somebody who in the past served as the Kohen. Well, why would there be a Kohen who in the past served as the Kohen? It's a lifetime uh, appointment. So the answer okay, is... Just be talking about a different... Uh, what's it called? You did something that came out of the... Position. No, no. It's a no, good, good guess. Mishmera. Right? What? There are different stages. You, you work in the, the ships. In the ships. Ships. Gosh, then you become a teacher afterwards. Teach after a coin gadol? Oh. oh, oh yeah, okay. Okay. No, so we're talking about here is as follows. It's a coin gadol who for some reason was 
pasul, he became tamay or something like that. He couldn't serve for some reason. So they had to appoint someone else in his stead so they could serve. But then when the person, the original Kohen Gadol, was okay, so he would be reinstated. That's called the Kohen Mishamesh because he's now currently serving. But how about the other guy? The other guy's a Kohen Shabbar. He was a Kohen Gadol, but only temporarily Kohen Gadol. So he sort of maintains the status on some level. So they're all the same, except for two things. That the par Yom Kippurim, that on Yom Kippur, you don't bring two pars of Yom Kippurim. And same thing with the Asiri Taifa, that the Kohen Gadol will bring a tenth um, of an Eifa of, uh, of a meal uh, every, more, every day. So that was only done once. Once, meaning the Asiri Taifa every day, but Yom Kippurim only once on Yom Kippur. So the other, the other Kohen Gadol had to sort of bow out of that. He wasn't allowed to participate in that. Other than that, they're both Kohen Gadolim, so anything the Kohen Gadol has to do, Either one of them could do. The first difference is Paraba el Yes. Which means... Uh, well, the Kohen Gadol, Paskins, that there's something that is, uh, if you did it on purpose, you get a karet, and then he violated that, and then by accident, he made a bad sack, so then he has to atone for that by bringing a special, a special korban. Okay? So the Gemara, it says as follows. Uh, this has been a routine of all these Gemaras. It is, we're talking about the first one, Meshur Pleshem Hamishcha versus Mirubeh Begadim. It's hardly in Yom Par Yom Bakipurim So the implication is that for the first group, the Koim Meshur Chanak, for the first page of the second page of the Mishnah, is that for the other things that we mentioned in the rest of the Mishnah, Par Yom Kippur, Masirit Eva, they're all the same. Obviously, the Kohen Gadol, who served even in the second page of Mingdash, would still bring the Par Yom Kippur and also bring the Asirit Eva. Okay, the Gemara now says as follows. Our Mishnah is not in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Meir. How do we know that? Because if it would be Rabbi Meir, Hatanya, didn't we learn in the Brayta, that does bring a par that's Habakol Amitzvot, Divrei Rabbi Meir. That's the opinion of Rabbi Meir. So that's exactly not what our Mishnah says. Okay, so that's pretty straightforward. It's clear that that is, in fact, what our Mishnah is the opinion of Chachamim, not Rabbi Meir. The Gemara asks, My Tama de Rabbi Meir, what's the reasoning for Rabbi Meir's opinion that even the Kohen, uh, who is Murabah Begadim, still brings it? Titania, as we learned in the Brayta, the Patuk says, Mashiach. Okay, so Kohen who is Mashiach, who is anointed. This only allows me to know that this mitzvah, or this korban applies to somebody who's been anointed with the anointing oil. From where do I know that even a person who is a Kohen Gadol simply because of having the extra clothing, he's been appointed, but he didn't have the actual anointing oil. Okay, the Mashiach. Right? So it doesn't say Mashiach in the Pasuk. Right? All you Balakriya knew that. You didn't want to correct me. But it says Ha Mashiach. So that's the idea. Okay. The Gemara says, fine. So the first, the first part of the Mishnah is not like Rabbi Meir. Pretty straightforward. Who cares? The Gemara says, well, hold on. In what did we establish this uh, Mishnah? The local Rabbi Meir, not like Rabbi Meir, Ema Seva. But let's take a look at the Seva of the Mishnah, where it says, Ein ben kohen Okay, the, the, the only difference between these two Kohanim, right, the one who's currently serving, the one who sort of like, was a replacement who now got replaced himself, is these two things, par yom kippur masir te'efa. Ha, but, but for all other matters, apparently they are equal. Atana Rabbi Meir, that goes according to Rabbi Meir. How do we know that? The Tanya, as we learned in the Brayta, if some type of disqualification occurs to him, means the Kohen Gadol, and Minu, and they appointed another Kohen in his, in his stead, Rishon Choser Labadato, the first one goes back to his service, meaning he gets reappointed as the Kohen Gadol, Sheni, Kom Mitzvot Kuna Gedola Alav Divir Rabbi Meir. The second guy 
all the other rules of the Kohen Gadol apply to him. That's the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yossi Omer, no. Rishon Choser Lolato, the first day does, guy does go back to his service. Sheni Eino Raui Lolo Kohen Gadol Velo Kohen Hediot. The second opinion, excuse me, the second guy is not suitable not to be the Kohen Gadol anymore and not even to be a Kohen Hediot, a regular Kohen anymore. Ve'amar Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Yossi goes on to say, Ma'aseb Rabbi Yossi ben Eulam Mitzipori. There's a story of this person. She'irabo p'sul b'goyen gadol. But now his time, there was a p'sul in the goyen gadol. Uminuhu tachtav. And that they appointed this Rabbi, Yo- Rabbi Yosef uh, as uh, the goyen gadol in his, in his place. Uba ma'aseb ipnei chachamim. And the case came before the chachamim. Ve'amru rishon chozer l'avadato. She'ni ne'inovra o'id lo l'goyen gadol. The local coin had yot. The second guy is not, uh, not cannot be not a coin gadol and nor a regular guy? coin. Is it the guy that was puzzled or the guy that? No, the one who was who Rabbi was Yosef. replaced him. Yeah, Rav Yosef. Yeah, okay. Rav Yosef. Exactly. Why is this true? Coin gadol mishum eva. He can't be a coin gadol anymore because of eva enmity, meaning to create like jealousy, right? Jealousy probably between the two kohanim gadolim. You want to just not have a worry about. This is like you know the classic quarterback controversy, right? The quarterback, the strong quarterback gets injured, he goes out, the, you know, the, the replacement comes in, and what, so we have to have a rule. The second quarterback, you're out of there, and you can't be a quarterback anymore. That's the idea, right? We just get the first, the first guy gets his position, but he's starting his job back, and no more discussion about that. Okay, that's the idea. Hediot, why can't he be a coin? Hediot, though, Mishu Ma'alin Bakodesh Velo Moridin. Because you only go up in honor, not down in Kedusha. Excuse me, up in Kedusha, not down in Kedusha. So once you throw this a Kohen Gadol, you can't be a regular coin anymore. It's not, it's not fitting for you. So ironically, you have to kind of just sit on the side as like this relic, as somebody who like once served as Kohen Gadol, but you never do anything else. What's the point? One second. What's the point? The point is that this, that Breita is teaching us that oh, that's Rabbi Yossi's opinion. But, Rabbi, but it's Rabbi Meir who says that the, that the guy who, the replacement coin, the coin Shavar, Still has the status of the Kohen Gadol. So we have the Resha of our uh, Mishnah, the beginning part being against Rabbi Yossi, because he thinks that, mash- that the, uh, excuse me, the Mashuach, but it doesn't have to just be the Mashuach Bashev, and even the Murabiyad Gadim is also allowed to bring uh, that special Korban. But the Sefer of the Mishnah is like Rabbi Meir. Okay, so it seems to be a contradiction between the first part of the Mishnah and the second part of the Mishnah. So when I say that, it's not to be a Kohen Hedger, does that mean like, he literally loses his coins. No, no, things. I think it means serfs. I think it means serfs. But he's still like his I imagine Truma. I think so. I think so. I don't look too much into it. I think I think it's Truma. Things like that. What's that? And like marriage. Yes, yes, yes. I believe so. I believe so. I think it's all about serving the bit of English. Yes. Isn't it kind of ironic that like not serving anymore is even farther decrease of his status like wise? Well, I would say differently. I would say not serving is better than serving in a lower status. You could say like I'll give you an analogy. It's like a person, let's say you're uh, a guy, a big in finance on Wall Street, okay, and you lose your job. So you can get a job at McDonald's. I'd rather not work than work at McDonald's. It's not, it's not befitting me to work at McDonald's. I'm a guy who works on Wall Street. So I'll, I'll wait around for a job on Wall Street. If I can't work on Wall Street, I don't want to work. Right. Right, so in that case, it's better, in that sense, it's less dignified to work at McDonald's. person, I'm saying that mindset, it's less dignified to work at McDonald's than it is to... Now, you can, you can have an argument about that, okay? But, but the idea, I think, should, should make sense, right? It's less dignified to do something active that's actively less, less dignified than to do nothing.
Yeah. Also, also with the football analogy, right? Like Tony Romo, when he got benched for Dak Prescott, he would rather not be in the league than be a backup to Dak. So, Something know. like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Andrew. His time was up. Um, Andrew. So according to Rami Yusi, <laughs> yeah. so the Kohen Shabbat, the substitute who was taken out when the first coin came back, if, when the first coin dies, is the second coin. Um, That's a good question. I'm not sure. It's a great question. I don't know the answer to it. Wait, you asked if he's like next in line. Yeah. yeah I was or, gonna, would he be last? Is he also just like back up no matter what? So like if that same coin got low, the, the one who was puzzled the first time, he gets puzzled again. Would this same coin go back as being... Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. see much of a discussion about it. I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I'm not sure. It's great. You guys are asking great questions. I don't, know, I don't know the answer. It sounds like maybe the answer would be yes, but not totally sure. Yeah. Um, for why can't be a coin goddle of the argument of Eva, why can't be co-hedged in Malin, Kodesh, Roman, Morgan? Because you're going down this second. You want a coin goddle. Once you've been the coin to God and taste a coin goddle, I'm not going down there anymore. It's like once, once I sign in first class, I'm not sending coach anymore. So, I feel like um, Cohen had you could also be the the, the, the argument could be Ava. What would be Ava about Cohen had you? Like, why would he want to be looking upon his former like under person as like he lost? Him? I think the Ava is a threatening point. I think in this context. Ooh. Right, I think the point here at the Ava is like it's threatening. Like if I if I if I'm the coin Gadol, I lost my job because I was puzzled. No, no fault of my own. I was tummy. Yeah. This other guy takes over. And, uh, I don't know. I don't like. I don't like that. So I want, I want to go back and, and go back to my job. You're telling me now that that guy did it just because he became tell me once, this guy now is equal to me, basically? I don't know. You, you can imagine that being uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, I feel, no, I feel like this, this seems far up. I'm saying that's the point is that's a competitive issue. So the coin head you, what's the competition there? Do you think Molly McCord's Meridian is like a way to say also Ava? Like, because like anyone who... Because no. if you're like, uh, like underneath someone now, then you like... Oh, he'll have Ava today? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so, because why should you have Ava? That person was originally the coin guard, though. I think so. I think, I think you understand the high. I think it's a hierarchy. Yeah, I think it's more of a principle. Okay, so the Gemara asks, Reisha Rabbanam, the Sefer Rabbi Meir? Can we have such a thing where the Reisha of the Mishnah is the Rabbanam, and the Sefer of the Mishnah is Rabbi Meir? That seems to be contradictory. So Amar of Chista in, yes. Reisha Rabbanam, the Sefer Rabbi Meir? That's totally fine. Don't worry about it. You'll see this sometimes in Shasta. You have this type of question. And he can respond to yes. Rav Yosef Amar, Rav Yosef says, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. Rebihi, the whole Mishnah is Rabbi Danasi. Okay, it's Rebbe. Vinasif la, liba And he like, sort of taught it according to different Tanaim. So Rebbe sort of agreed with, with uh, the Rabbanan in the first issue. He agreed with Rabbi Meir in the second issue. So he put his Mishnah, so it's like a third opinion. Right, so Rabbi Meir would be consistent, Rabbanan would be consistent, but... Or Rabbanan Shash Rabbi Yosef, whatever. They'd be consistent, but they seem contradictory because once Rabbi Meir runs, right? But then if Rabbi, when Rabbi comes in, he says, oh, I just passed, I came like here, so I came like this, so I can put it all together, it's a third opinion. So, so two is, different possibilities. That's uh, like he like taught it, like he organized it, like it went, right? He sort of, uh, he placed it uh, according to the Machlokit and I. See, he, Rabbi, Rabbi Nasi, he agreed with the different opinions in the different cases. Okay. The Mishnah now says as follows. Ein bein bamak bamak tana psachim. Uh, the Bamak Dola Bamak Tanav is followed. Bamak Dola means the main Mizbeach. Okay, we're not talking about the Beit HaMikdash, we're talking about in the Mishkan. When you had the Bamak Dola, or even after the destruction of the, of the Mishkan in Shiloh, right, we know the Mishkan was placed in Shiloh, even after the destruction of Shiloh, you have this main Bama, a main uh, Mizbeach. Okay, it was a Nov, Nov and Givon at different times. And Bamak Tana is a personal Mizbeach. Personal Mizbeach, a person can have like a, like a localized Mizbeach. 
So what's the difference between Maktana? The only difference is, is Psachim. Is Psachim. Bring a carbon Pesach. Okay? Meaning that you'd be allowed to bring a carbon Pesach only on a Bamagdola, not a Bamagdana. Zehaklal, here's the rule. Anything that is vowed or donated, meaning anything that comes voluntarily from you, you want to bring your own korban, so put it on the bama, meaning it says bama here, it means bama ktana. On your personal bama, it's totally fine. But kosha ain't no lo nidar v'lonidev, anything that's not vowed or donated, meaning anything that comes as a sense of obligation, ain't no karev bama cannot be offered on a small bama, it must be on the bama gdola. So same thing with the korban pesach, it would have to be on the bama gedola. So the Gemara says, psachim v'tu lo, as a korban pesach and nothing else, but meaning the but it sounds from the Mishnah like it's not just Psachim because it's, then it goes on and says and so it gives all these different rules. It doesn't really sound like Psachim is the only exception, but then again the Mishnah said Psachim is the only exception. So Gemara says, Ema I'll say Kain Psachim. It's things like Psachim, meaning things that are obligated. Rashi says, anything that has a time obligation, like a Korban Pesach. Okay? Aval, I'm sorry, Amani, so Mani, excuse me. So who is this uh, opinion? Rabbi Shimoni, this is Rabbi Shimon Ditanya, as we learned in the Brighter, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Even the community only offered Psachim and any other obligations that have a time requirement. But if you have obligations that are not time required, they're not like established at a particular time, here and here they're not offered. Meaning, let's say you had to bring a korban chatat, because you sinned, or korban asham, or something like that. So when you don't have the Beit HaMikdash around, you don't have the Mishkan around, so you don't bring any, like Rabbi was saying, you don't bring korbanot at all. It's only psachim, and things like that, that have this particular time associated, then you'd have the Bamag so we'd offer those korbanot and things like that. And if you had your individual things that aren't written on time, then you can have your small bama. But other than that, you wouldn't have those other things. Okay? Okay. The a new Mishnah says, which I'll just learn the new Mishnah is okay, in a couple of minutes. Uh, the Mishnah says, Ain bin Shilo li Rushalayim. The only difference between Shilo and Yerushalayim is Ella Shabi Shilo Ochlim Kachim Kalim Umasar Shani Bakol Haroe. Um it's that in Shiloh, you can eat kachim kalim. Kachim kalim are certain types of korbanot that are slightly lighter in their stringency, like a korban shlamim, for example, which you normally are allowed to eat in all of Yerushalayim. So here doing Shiloh also, you can, in the same thing with Master Shani, right, where you have to bring to Yerushalayim. So if there's no Yerushalayim in the Beit HaMikdash, so you're going to go to Shiloh. So the rule there is, Bechol HaRo'eh. As long as you're within eyesight of Shiloh, that qualifies both for Kachim Kalim and Master Shani. Right, you wouldn't be allowed to eat those things beyond there, okay, but, uh, but within that, that, you know, circumference, I guess you'd be allowed to do it. Ubi Yerushalayim, when it comes to Yerushalayim, Lifni Minachoma, it has to be inside the walls. Okay, that's the difference. So Shiloh doesn't have walls, so it's, uh, as long as you can see it. Here's time as walls. The Khan, the Khan, and in both cases, Kochei Kodashim, Ne'achalim, Lifneim, Lifneim, Ne'achalim. In both cases, the Kochei Kodashim, certain korbanot that are uh, ho- like holier status, like uh, korban chatat or nasham, um, then those have to be inside the Klaim, inside the, uh, what's it called, like the fence of the Mishkan itself, or the Beit HaMikdash itself. Kedushat Shiloh yesh acharei When it comes to Kedushat Shiloh, after it, there is permissibility, meaning there is a permissibility of using your own personal bamot. Okay, so when Shiloh was destroyed, 
there were people were, so when Shiloh was built and you had a Mishkan you can only bring Karbonot in the Mishkan once Shiloh was destroyed you could revert back to the old thing where you could have your individual Bamot but Kedushah di Yerushalayim in Achare Heter the uh, holiness of Yerushalayim there's no Heter there's no permissibility of using your own personal Bamot afterwards and that's why we don't currently have the opportunity to use Bamot we'll stop here Yishkoch